hear it. Yep. E-girls or I-ladies? E-girls or I-ladies? I don't I don't know. What? I-ladies nuts on you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode 83 of the Destroy the Brain podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Treffenbach. Jeremy Jones. Yana Lightfoot. And on episode 83, we will be talking about The Burning, which was our late night grindhouse pick for August. Something we're going to be doing is incorporating some of our late night grindhouse picks and covering those films on the podcast. Wow, synergy! It, that's a that's a good idea. B- business hype, a little little injection, a little yeah. reanimation agent. Why has it taken me twelve years to do this? Who the I, fuck? I don't, kn- well, yeah. I don't know. Let's just be honest. They just got me on a schedule, so. Well, <laughs> which we'll see if you stick to yeah, it. Yeah, we're gonna be doing this, and we're gonna be releasing the episodes the Monday, I think. Yeah, after I think Monday after. Yeah, the Monday after late night grindhouse. So. Hopefully you had the weekend to think about it. Some of you may have had a first time watch. Some of you may have seen it a million times. I don't know. I try to watch it every summer. It's been two years since I've probably seen it. Okay. Okay. It's also been a couple years since I've seen it. But we're not new to the movie. So no. we can definitely talk about it. And we I think we're probably going to get into some folklore into it. Yeah. And all sorts um, of good stuff. Um, but before we do... Let's talk about a couple of things. So uh, oh. destroythebrain.com. Yes. Come to the website. Mm, stuff should be picking up now by the time this episode comes out. Um, uh, Patrick Corkamp selected some of his favorite Freddy Nightmare episodes. Ooh. Freddy's Nightmares. Sorry. It's really weird to say that with two S's. Freddy's Nightmares. Nightmares. Uh, which is available on Tubi. It was on Screenbox when he actually wrote the article. It's been on Tubi even kind of... Okay, sorry. It, it had like a month-long exclusivity yeah, yeah. on Screenbox, but now it's been on Tubi for a minute. So if you were curious about that show, read that article. I'll drop a link in our show notes. Also, follow us on Twitter at DTB Horror, on Instagram at Destroy the Brain, and on Facebook find us under destroy the brain or late night greenhouse <laughs> i really do not I, I use facebook but i absolutely well, hate it and now that like i just picked up a work laptop and i'm gonna be working off that i don't know if i'm ever gonna be on yeah on it yeah it's um, just not convenient anymore the only time i use it really is to get announcements mm-hmm. about like news like for blu-rays and stuff like that or even movie announcements yeah um but typically it's like i belong to a whole bunch of like groups like screen it's, printing groups and blu-ray groups and it's I like oh i can pick that up easy a lot of those groups too yeah it's just i i don't post Next i've, is I've never really posted the neighborhood groups <laughs> So, you know, if you want to interact with me, I guess like what I'm saying is I'm barely on Facebook. Come come to my Instagram or something, which will so give all probably, of our personal shit. So you could probably post some real fucked up shit about Andy and he won't see Ooh, it for a while. There you go. There you go. Hmm. Good tip. Okay. 
anyway, uh, so we got that going on. And then uh, Late Night Grindhouse, September 16th and 17th, Don't Go in the House. <gasps> and then in October, you know, everybody's favorite time of the year where you're too fucking busy <laughs> to yeah. do anything. Try to carve out some time. Um the 14th and 15th, we will be showing Lucio Fulci's Zombie. And I have confirmed yeah. it is the 4K Fuck restoration. Yeah. Nice. So if you went to Late Night Greenhouse when we showed it at the high point, I believe that was a 35 millimeter print. 2011. That was, no, that was the recent restoration. Okay, so that was the 2K restoration. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a different Man. restoration. I couldn't I can't remember. I for how blue that shirt's going to be because when I saw it in 2011, I was... Very drunk. Yeah. And I was just like, that's the bluest shirt I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> so, but yeah. Getting ready. Yeah. Uh, and again, we'll be recording episodes for all of our late night grindhouse stuff. So just look out uh, every Monday after, I guess, late night grindhouse and we'll have an episode on it. We're going to be releasing our episodes on Mondays. So you have the whole week to listen to it. We just feel like, uh, we want to start off your work week. I mean, Mondays suck. So hopefully, uh, we're not contributing to it, but hopefully we're some relief. If I can ruin your day more than a Monday can, <laughs> that is a lot of power. Let us and know I, at I podcast at destroy the for that. <laughs> For giving me that power over you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's almost it. October 21st is our final horror trivia night of the year yes. at the Heavy Anchor. Uh, we typically go balls to the wall in October. Hell yeah, we do. And uh, we, we got to, Jeremy and I got to figure out what costumes we're going to mm. wear. But yeah, if you want a good head start uh <laughs> Well, first off, <laughs> register at HorrorTriviaNight.com. Yeah. Get your team registered first. Ten bucks per team, up to five players per team. Uh, I think we're giving away 100 points, which is basically a fucking round. Entire team in costumes. If, if your whole team's in a costume. Maybe double? No. If it's a theme no. costume? No. Uh, I tried, guys. I tried. The okay, theme so. is that you're coming to a horror trivia night. <laughs> yeah. And in costumes. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. in costumes. So We're going to try to do a theme already, though, right? I, can't, I just had a like, really funny one. I. I'll tell you later. Okay. Yeah. Keep it off. Mark. We're not doing it, but. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> you would have to be one, one of them, and I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'm interested to hear this. Uh, so October 21st, again, at the Heavy Anchor. And if you're not in St. Louis, I'm sorry I bored you for a minute. Okay, let's go ahead and get rolling. What have you been watching, Jeremy? I watched uh, Alligator. Fuck yeah, you did. Which Recently I have, covered on Battle of the Boutiques. Yes, I have not seen the movie before. Oh, really? It was what I think I saw parts of it on TV, maybe. Okay. Uh, but never, it was a, like all of it was fresh. I don't really remember um, it, you know, recently got the 4K release from Screen Factory. It's up on Shutter. At least it was over the summer. Yeah. No, it's still there. Yeah. Alligator 1 and 2. Yes. Yes. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Alligator's the shit. It is. It is set. In Missouri, but I don't know where. <laughs> because yeah. the plates, uh, it's not shot here, I can tell you that, but the no. plates on the cars are all Missouri. Right. And but, but, yeah. Robert Forster's <laughs> character, like, was a cop in St. Louis. 
And how bad was he if he got kicked out of the St. Louis police oh, force? Oh, right? shots fired. <laughs> no, no, this St. Well. Louis. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, they talk about, because they talk about him leaving Chicago, right? And then they go to St. Louis. Something um, happened in St. Louis. And there's that shot of the family that comes through. I talked about this on Battle of the Boutiques, but it's like, welcome to Missouri. And then I'm like, Missouri doesn't have these fucking water canals. No. Really? <laughs> like, this looks a lot like Los Angeles. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I, I never understood that. But look, whatever. It's a fucking killer movie. If it, it's supposed to take place in St. Louis, that would be dope. But it doesn't. It's, it's so. not. I'm going to say it's like <laughs> Joplin or Springfield. Yeah. Well, it's it's like uh, they mention real cities, but they don't mention no, they don't. what city they're actually in. Because Walter Sales? No, Wait, uh, John Sales. John Sales. Huh? Yeah. Walter Hill. Different person. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. John Sales. Yes, John Sales. Um, probably only knew of St. Louis and Kansas City. So he's yeah. like, I don't know, Missouri. Yeah. And I understand. Whatever. It's Fly funny. over country. Yeah. But alligator. Alligator ruled. Yeah. Uh, no notes. No notes. It ruled. <laughs> Bye. I watch love the Shutter. photographer that gets eaten, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna run his pictures of him being eaten." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty savage. Hey, I know, <laughs> savage alligator. No, yeah, it's a it's a good one. I highly recommend it. Cool. Yeah, I know. So I watched, well, rewatched Critters this week. Fuck yeah! Oh yeah! And I mean, I've seen this more than once but my nephew's nine and we had him for the week so we wanted to show him a fun horror movie that would not give him nightmares mm -hmm. this is wise i i know that struggle <laughs> so and i mean rewatching it was a blast one i forgot billy zane's in it i think every time i watch it i forget about billy zane and i'm like oh yeah yep. he's in it for a hot minute included yeah and i mean i i honestly think one and two are on par for i mean they're both solid Two's a little sillier, though. It right? is a little sillier, Very. but yeah. <laughs> I, I still love it. And there was one scene that made him jump. And actually, because he jumped, I jumped. And you go when they go down to the basement, and the dad's looking at the shelf, and you just see these eyes light up. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I forgot about some of those nice little scenes in it, and just the critters are so well done. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's just a fun horror sci-fi movie. And, I mean, he loved it. Cool. I, I mean, that was I was happy because I was afraid he'd have nightmares and he didn't. So if you have younger kids and you want to show them something horror that and they're a little bit scared of that, I recommend Critters. So, and, so next Easter, he's watching Critters yeah. too, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's an Easter watch and I watched it earlier this year because we watched the whole Critters collection. But it's yeah. a fun one to revisit and yeah. I always recommend it. Yeah. And you could pick up the box at relatively cheap oh yeah typically we, i think i've seen it for 20 30 bucks in yeah, the past. yeah i mean i was actually really surprised how cheap it went down oh yeah it dropped significantly and it's a great set to pick up i mean it, yeah even though the third one's not great i still love it for nostalgia purposes i like the third one i do too i kind of like the third one as well. i do too the fourth one i can go uh, yeah i mean the fourth one at least has brad dwarf that's yeah, that's the only uh really its own yeah. only saving grace wait Angela Bassett is Angela also Bassett's in it, too. Yeah. So, ah, but she doesn't have much to work with. Um, it's funny because, like, Critters scared me as a kid, but what scared me as a kid was because I associated 
the poster art for Critters and Critters 2 with Critters. And what I mean by this is the skyline where it's mm-hmm. got that nice like light pollution fade. Yeah. Anytime I saw that, I just automatically thought of Critters. So I remember we went on a road trip somewhere and we were coming back and like I was half asleep but I woke up in the back seat and I look out the window and all I see is the light pollution. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't probably saying that, but I was like, oh, man, the critters are going to roll up in the ball and they're going to roll over the car and I'm going to be a skeleton. I was I was freaked out. And then I finally calmed down because we were in the middle of nowhere and there was no light pollution. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but no, so he liked Critters. Did, did Should we spoil what movie he didn't care for? <sighs> Gremlins. And we did a fuck? double feature and we gave him the choice. Do you want what you want to watch Critters 2 or Gremlins? Oh, I want to watch Gremlins. And then one third of the way through, not even one third, he totally bowed out and got out his iPad and started watching these crappy YouTube videos. Oh and I God. just I just sat there. I'm like, I I, I know yeah. how Gremlins starts out. It's probably harder for a nine year old to keep that attention span. Yeah. Because it does start out as a regular movie. You don't mm-hmm. get to the Gremlins till he It doesn't them. become a cartoon until Very like halfway through. cutesy too. And yeah. that's yeah. kind of like even I like Gremlins, but I'm like, oh. that's what Spielberg you should was do. very in love with the design of Gizmo. Oh yeah, so there's yeah, so yeah. much like, Ooh, ah. yeah, and it's it's a bit much for me. So I'm a yeah. Gremlins too. I think I think you should go on the Gremlins and Gremlins tribute ripoff train. Start with Gremlins, right? Then he watched Critters. Yeah. Now you need to go to Munchies. I have not seen Munchies, and I'm going to be adding this on my list. Hobgoblins. Oh, no. Hobgoblins. Oh, oh, Lord. The Rip what Traff. Are, what are some other good ones? Ghoulies. You said good I do ones. Like ghoulies. <laughs> I ghoulies me. 3. My apologies. Yeah, there you go. Um, there's others out there. I mean, there's a whole munchie. There's Munchies, then there's Munchie. Munchie, yeah. And Munchie Strikes Back. Yeah, I. Which ones are we forgetting about? You tell us using social media. How about that? Okay. Anyway, I thought that would be funny, and then you close it off with Gremlins 2, which is a fucking cartoon yeah. movie. Yeah. So. I mean, that one's still fun, and I, I think when Christmas rolls around, we're going to try this again. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, I watch it every Christmas yeah, while I'm wrapping gifts. Yeah, and maybe that's it, too, is the time of year. Um yeah, might be more open to it being so Christmassy and right. Yep, very. And I still associate it with the holidays every time I watch it. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe we'll do this in December and try to and do a double feature. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so I did a rewatch, but I showed uh, my girlfriend Baby's first fil- Fulci film. I showed oh, her God, <laughs> the Beyond. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it was a toss up because I'm like, do I show her the beyond? Do I show her city of living dead? Uh, those are my favorites other yeah. than, uh, you know, uh, I do like zombie quite a bit, but I think his I understand best, not showing zombie since yeah. it's, well, sh- you're showing she's going to see it in October. Yeah. Right. Right. So I was like, I think it's going to be city of living dead. House by the Cemetery might be a little too much for her. Definitely not showing oh, her. Man. Like House by the Cemetery, so fuck. 
Like, I, I do want to show her Don't Torture a Duckling, but I kind of wanted to oh, introduce her to the Fulci that everybody knows and loves. Yeah. Like the fan, phantasmagorical Fulci. Not like, hey, Fulci's actually a good director and directed the fuck out of Don't Torture a Duckling, which I think she will also like because it has intertwinement with Catholicism and shit. So, but she didn't really care for. Um, what have they done, or what have you done, Slange? Mm-hmm. She didn't really care for it. Any Hoosier. The Beyond. Uh, this film, I'm just going to say, I love this film, but <laughs> I feel like you have to watch it at like 9 p.m. or later because we watched Did you watch it, it at 3 p.m.? Yep. <laughs> we watched it like, granted, like our, our house can get pretty dark yeah um but there's no fooling around it's like uh it's 3 p.m and mm-hmm. we're watching a Fulci film uh it's it's weird i feel like it's a requirement that it has to be like 9 p.m or later before you can show that film because a lot of it you know doesn't make sense it is not necessarily dream logic but it it it's set pieces. Yeah. Like, and a lot of it does take place during the day. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll be okay. Not really. But yeah, it's all set pieces. And Nikki had a good time with it. But I don't know if she really appreciated it. She really liked the gags. It, and she's like, oh, but wow. That's, okay. That's a mo- people's <laughs> mileage varies out of that stuff. And with all the goofy fucking shit that literally happens in that movie. Right. Well, and here's the funny thing is like, I think the opener of the movie really got her hooked. Yeah. Because as soon as like the flames come out of the book. She's like, oh, that's a hell of an opener. I'm like, yeah, it's really good. And then <laughs> and then what proceeded was like the dude falling off the scaffolding and yes. like spitting out blood as he's trying to talk. <laughs> the eyes. The eyes. <laughs> Which I will always bring up because that was my first grindhouse was the guy who got mad that everyone was laughing at the dubbing yeah. in the beyond. Yeah. Um, said it's not a comedy, so shut the fuck up. And I was like, okay. Okay. I I don't know if I don't know if they left or stuck it out, but I don't know. I, don't know. I feel bad for them that they couldn't have fun. Yeah, this was uh that was the second late night greenhouse, so yeah. pre PSA stuff. Well, no, because <laughs> laughing's okay. Laughing's okay. Yes, and you can laugh. Yes, at you the can react in a Fulci movie and most Italian movies because a lot of times it's not good. Right. Right. And. Look, I mean, I don't mind when people react, even if it's not the reaction the movie's probably looking for, you know? No, but it, it's but also... when you start fucking commenting I'm and doing talking, a mystery no, science theater, that's about when I have problems. I'm talking about people. Yeah. And look, we're derailing this. We don't need to, but, you know, <laughs> but, my first midnight movie was Night of the Living Dead, and I was kind of confused. People were laughing at parts oh, that weren't funny. Okay. Yeah, that would fuck me up. And I was like, huh? That was weird, but just kind of rode with it. And that's, you know, I mean, obviously they seem that's... Like the ty- this person seemed like the type of horror fan that's like, Maestro Fulci. Like, everything he does is yeah, perfect. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he's a great director, but there was no dialogue recorded during this film because right. it was all dubbed in later. Yeah. 
Yeah, Italian dubbing, I think, is just, you know, yeah. or American dubbing, however you want to word it. The way that the Italians did it, where everything's ADR. You know, Italians don't always do it better. Italians. Oh, they always do it better. Anyway, the Beyond, she, I, I'll have to ask her again, but I think she thought it was all right. I really think she'll like City of the Living Dead more, but I was in the mood for the Beyond because I wanted some of the wacky shit. So there we go. The Beyond. Baby's first Fulci. Baby's first Fulci. You never forget. <laughs> you never forget. All right, Jeremy, what's the last thing you watched? So I uh, watched another franchise that I just finished up and uh, finished it up with Witchboard 3, oh, The Possession. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, I, damn. I blame June exploitation because <laughs> one of the last days is 80s horror. Okay. And I was trying to think of something that was uh, not my go-tos. You know, I for June exploitation, I was trying to pick as many um, different new titles. I think I ended up doing 19 new mo- new okay. movies I've never seen. Um, but I was just kind of like. You know what? I don't think I've seen Witchboard since like it hit DVD. Yeah. Um. So I watched. I also watched Witch Trap because <laughs> not to be confused kind of with Witchboard. Yeah. <laughs> um. Witchboard three came out in 1995. Okay. Yeah. Written by the Devil's Doorway. Is that? D- that's part two. That's two. Yeah. What's three? Three is the possession. Oh, shit, you did mention that. I Sorry. Did. That's okay. Okay. That's the um, trivia question, though. <laughs> no, because people get mad when I ask stuff like that. <laughs> which which one of these films which, had which board the possession? Has which, 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 which one? <laughs> which, which board has which Ouija? <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God that's recorded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, that's okay. Um, so, the... What's interesting about this one is the main character is a male. Yes. He's a married couple. Um, and the guy he, is unemployed, you know, doesn't have kind of anything lined up. And he's kind of like, oh, everything sucks. Like, he's just not, he doesn't want to work. He's trying to, he's trying to like work the stock market. He's trying to wean off his wife, honestly. Uh, yep. Okay. Um, this is vague. I vaguely remember this. And, he his landlord's kind of like oh well you know I've been like I made all this money on the stock tip and he's like because I used his my Ouija board <laughs> so they do like a ceremony <laughs> and he's like yeah buy the stock you're gonna make like a ton of money. Um, this was released what ni- year? Nineteen ninety five. That's kind of uh, funny because that, that feels like such an eighties fucking ninety three. Oh yeah, well right? um, you had Republic Pictures who was yeah. also producing these movies at the time too yeah, yeah. who produced two um <laughs> as well um the next day the landlord's like standing on his balk like fire escape and he's like all right well catch in the funny papers and he jumps off and commits suicide oh, and his head gets impaled <laughs> on something yeah it's an amazing okay, scene i don't remember that um <laughs> Oh, I gotta watch the sequels now. At the funeral. Holy shit. And his ex-wife comes in. She's like, I have to make sure of something. And she sticks her finger through where it went through his head. She's like, I have to make sure he's dead and the evil's gone. What the Um, fuck? Yeah. And maybe I've only seen one and two. Dude, three was a lot of fun. You look at Um, the VHS cover. 
I don't know what That's it looks like. That's how I know. I, so, you know, one's on Shutter, two's on, um, I actually rented on Voodoo. It has a pretty good transfer. I'm guessing that might get a release soon. I don't know. Probably uh, Renegar Syndrome. <laughs> since they love releasing that comp- titles from that company. Um, oh, yeah. I'd never seen Witchboard 3. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it more than 2. Okay. Because 2 was fun, but they couldn't, like, I don't know. The story, they were like, oh, well, then it, it just didn't hit the same way as like one did mm-hmm. um i watched this on youtube it was a vhs dub i'm assuming because it okay. was not and for whatever reason it was mirrored when put up probably to get away from the copyright yeah, but... even though it says Witchboard three full movie <laughs> like which i don't wit uh well the bots sometimes the bots don't care I know, about your title which is hilarious that it's like that's what gets it away but so you know to kind of make it easier on myself is i decided to put a mirror up and i just you know had my computer and then it turned into the amityville franchise yeah (laughs) don't do it i've got this whole like amityville new generation thing going on it is bad news i had to call a priest a rabbi so so wait, you are serious though. You watch it through a mirror? No. <laughs> that was a setup for a that joke been, that you stepped on. Honestly, that's a pretty ingenious idea, I think. No, it was fine until it was like there'd be something on screen. I'd be like, what's that say? Oh, oh. shit, no wonder I can't read it. Okay. Because it's, like, it's like a I mean it's also a VHS like yeah, rip. Yeah, so yeah. um oh, what is funny about this is that Kevin Tenney did not direct it, and he thinks it's because in part two, the main actress had a no nudity clause. Mm. And Republic International was trying to pressure him to get to her. pressure her to take her clothes off for yeah. sales. <laughs> and he was like, I am absolutely not doing that. Hey, good on you, bud. And so they're like, okay, well, you can write this next one, but we're going to hire another director. And they shot the duty in part three like the first week so she couldn't change her of mind Ugh. of course yeah. old tactic yeah sons of a bitches uh, actually i think that's a corman tactic possibly. that is definitely a Cor- <laughs> that is from the book of corman yeah uh you would uh, you would think it would be somebody sleazier but it's corman because he knew he knew how to sell his movies yeah which board which board who would have thought decent franchise <laughs> I like the first one. Now I want to watch the sequels. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if part two will get a release. Because that, was that Olive Films that put that out originally on could Blu-ray? Be. Could be, because they put out a bunch of the Republic Pictures mm. home video. And, again, company mentioned yeah, has put out four or five titles put out by Republic Home it's Pictures. True. It's true. So. That would be cool. If you want your scoops on Republic Home it's Pictures. It's good thinking. It's good thinking. Good stinking. You know what I didn't plug? Hmm. Our Discord. Go okay. to discord.destroythebrain.com. Well, we, we got other times we can plug that, too. Yeah. We don't have yeah. to do that right now. Well, I would like to continue this discussion <laughs> on our Discord. The Witchboard 3 discussion? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, in our theories... for We could do a watch party. I, I want to I put in... Ooh, you need to put it like in Discord party. for sure. So you can like stake your claim, like I fucking said this on August sixteenth, oh twenty twenty two. Okay, okay, that's fine. Because I, I think you might be right. I don't need to be 
pleased by things like that, but uh, you know, okay. <laughs> All right. So, Witchboard Three recommend? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Cool. All day. Was there a Witchboard Four? No. No. This there is was where, no. There was this no, is where the Witchboard Journey. This is where ends. the Ouija ended until Ouija came out. Which, by the way, which, by the way, which uh, board the way. <laughs> If we ever did a charity marathon where we had to stay up for like 48 hours, do we do the um, witchcraft movies? No, because everyone would fall asleep. If you need people to stay up, no, nobody's going to like. I think they're funny. We just watch all the witchcraft movies. So a friend had an idea to do a benefit where it is a reverse Payment. Payment, yeah. Where at the beginning, if you want to leave after the first movie, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. But after the sec- after the second movie, it gets oh, more expensive. Oh, that's and, different than what I was thinking. And the movies get much, much worse. <laughs> See, I thought it was going to be like, if you leave after the first movie, you pay X amount. But yeah, what your friend designed is completely yeah. bonkers. Oh, and God. Like, so then, so if you leave right before the last movie, you have to pay the most? Yeah. That's madness, man. Well, it was, I, this was something said. And okay. Passing, but it's like, no, right. bad idea. Because he can really punish idea. people. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Punishment. Punish. Punish. Yana, what's the second thing you watch? So I finally watched Studio 666. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I, I loved it. I yeah. mean, it was fun. And I needed a kind of turn your mind off fun horror movie that had some great jokes in it, great music. I absolutely loved the score. Yeah. Um, and I will, I mean, I think my only gripe was I felt like it was too long. It kind of dragged on after a certain point. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been better at 90 minutes. But I mean, it was solid. I mean, I thought it was, I laughed a lot and I thought yeah. the girl was amazing. Um, I think watching it after Taylor Hawkins passing is what really killed me because I was sitting there like, God damn it, this is way too soon. And, you know, it kind of depressed me a little bit. Like the movie as a whole, just watching it also made me feel like really good. This is a great, you know, like a great time for them seeing them all together. But it was also depressing seeing that. But I mean, like the the gore in it was fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like I love the effects. Um... I was very impressed, and I regretted not seeing it in theaters. That was the other thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I saw it. They sent me a screener, watched it at home. Came out in like spring. Yeah, like around March, March. April. Yeah. yeah, that that chainsaw scene under the bed. That Fucking, was my favorite that, scene. That's probably like one of my favorite kills in a minute. Yep, uh, it's just so good. And I know uh, B.J. McDonald. Uh, directed this, the guy who did Hatchet 3. Yep. Um, mm. I, look, I, I thought it was good. I, I will say, and maybe this is morbid, and I'm talking way out of turn here. Probably. But, you know, when something like that would have came out like in the 90s or specifically maybe in the 80s, <laughs> if it would have came out and then the drummer dies... Right, be like, oh, it's because he made that devil movie. Yep, like Queen of the Damned. And I Leah. am surprised that that hasn't happened. 
is it because the rest of the world's on fire? Nobody wants to it do this anymore. Look, I mean, look, I never thought dude. of it like that. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, oh shit, nobody's really brought that up. No, because but, obviously it's a ludicrous idea. But part well, of me wants to think that like there's too much shit going it's, on right now. What rule thirty? Not rule thirty-four. I was like, there's but, a rule book. Where, where are we going? It, it's the whole it, like. Some somewhere, I'm sure there's someone who is like, "Oh, it's because he made that movie about yeah. possessions and sure. devils." Well, and, and I, I feel like, but it doesn't. It hasn't gained traction, right? Yeah, and I feel like the part of the crowd that like who loves Foo Fighters aren't going to say that. Even because, they're not going to say that. And because a lot of people, it wasn't gay, and now the new Satanic Panic is right. related to gay panic. Right. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. No, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the fucking yep. head with that. Yeah. No, I, I think Studio Six 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 is fun, especially if you like the Foo Fighters. If you even if you don't, I think it's still a pretty funny movie. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably save Justin. I'll probably save it for like October. I think that would be a good Halloween watch. Yeah, or, I, or maybe like a kickoff to Halloween. Or yeah, something. I agree because it's a ton of fun. I mean, and I I listened to Foo Fighters back in the day, and yeah. just hearing it now made me go back and you know re-listen to them again too. Yeah, but I mean, it's a fun horror movie something you just want to have a good time and kick back i highly recommend it yeah um i think i got back into the foo fighters whenever they did that sonic highways show which was a really cool show just in general if you've never seen it um basically for that album they recorded a song in each city that Mm -hmm. they visited Mm -hmm. and it was like new orleans um dc all this other stuff uh and it's just, it's really cool because they learn about the city, they introduce you to the city, and then they talk about the song that they wrote because of the city, and they usually intertwine lyrics that are tied to the city and all this other stuff. Um, anyway, yeah. Studio 666. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome, you know, oh, that, yeah. that one studio. Uh, I finally decided to dig out Surf 2. Yeah. Which was not this year's Halfway Black Friday. It was last it was, year's, wasn't it? I didn't buy I'm, it. I'm pretty sure it was I think last it year's. It was last year's. It and was I'm not like, this year's, I'm, for sure. Right. Uh, I'm like, oh, God. That was thrilling. If this was a, it's been a full year since I bought this movie. But let's, I mean, that's no Maybe surprise. That be there the are definitely rule for some. You, the Black Friday and halfway to Black Friday is you I can't agree. buy any vinegar syndrome unless you watch all, which is what I the rule I give myself. I think I think that is a very good rule, and uh, I plan to do somewhat of that, or I need to we'll make see. a better indention. Yeah, better progress. But anyway, I uh, you know like summer's kind of coming to an end, which I'm c- cool with, but um, I wanted to watch like a beach movie and we've already seen psycho beach party and you didn't buy the back to the beach recently. i did not buy the paramount presents back to the beach i did think about it though um so i was like you know what i need to chip away at this vinegar syndrome stuff because i just put some stuff in my you know fucking protectors or whatever uh (laughs) and i'm like hey surf too 
Mm-hmm. Oh, watch this. This is kind of like a beach movie, right? I've never seen it. it. It's a sequel to Surf Ninjas, right? No, okay. it's not okay. a sequel to anything. <laughs> the The joke is Surf 2, the end of the trilogy. Oh. Or a trilogy or something. Anyway, uh, this has Eric Stoltz in it. It also has, uh, this was a pleasant surprise, Tom Villard. Tom Villard is the guy that plays Toby in Popcorn. Oh. Oh, my God. Cool. He pops up on a random episode of Golden Girls. Yes. Uh, uh, I was looking at because sorry. I knew he had a short career, but he actually went, uh, I think he died in the 93? He died, like, pretty soon after Popcorn came. Yeah, out, it I wasn't think. that, I think it was, like, maybe one or two I want to say My Girl might have been like one of his last movies. And huh. he's only in there for a minute, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, it is a surf movie. Imagine a surf movie directed by Troma, but uh, 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 not surf Nazis must die. Nothing like that. Uh, but it's like Troma, it's most anemic is the best mm. way I can tell you. Okay. Like, you know how trauma, sometimes they make like these jokes and they don't land for you, but yeah. the overall yep. tone still kind of works for some people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those jokes land for those, like a certain subset of people. The, Surf 2 has a couple of jokes that land, but for the most part, a lot of them don't. Uh, and there's a lot of TNA, a lot of farts, and uh, there's like there's a bit with these two overweight guys that like rip the asses out of their fucking um swimsuits not swimsuits the um diving suits like the yeah whatever that fabric it's like foam latex i guess it, it's a diaper wetsuit jesus a wetsuit yes okay. so they got into their wetsuit i thought you were talking about one of those like world war 1 era diving suits no 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 <laughs> so yeah it was these two overweight guys that got into their wetsuits blew their asses out because they're you know too tight on them and then like close ups of their fucking hairy asses oh. and then just was random it? fart noises like <laughs> in 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 the line of spookies, right? With the fart monsters. Uh, Almost the same I thing. Mean, it's like, okay, somebody got a hold of the fart tape. Cool, you're great. Speaking my language. <laughs> so this is Jeremy's favorite movie. <laughs> Guess so. Um but no, there's there's a couple of unique gags that kind of don't make sense, but kind of do. So like um there's these two surfer guys who I don't think are supposed to be twins but there might be a reference to it somewhere that I may have missed. I'll just say that right off the bat. But there's a couple of shots where they do this kind of, it's not a split screen, but they have a wall in the middle, like a set wall, right? In the middle of the shot. So it divides up into two houses and they're mirrored and it has two of our teenage surfer guys and their mom's cooking each respective mom, mm-hmm. one on the left, one on the right, doing the exact same motion like it's a mirror. Yeah. And then the dad smoking a cigar, reading the newspaper at the um, kitchen table. What's crazy about this gag is that the boys, all the characters talk at the same fucking time. And why I say it's weird is because it sounds like a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> because <laughs> you have people saying the same lines of dialogue, and you're like, what What the fuck? I can't even, like, these actors, 
really it's we it's like one of those weird circumstances where an actor's on screen has a speaking part but it means fucking nothing because the only time they speak they're speaking over somebody else that's speaking their lines it is a very weird gag and at first i was like oh that's funny and then that's kind of creative it comes back and then they kind of like turn the camera a little bit so now you're you know it's like it's not just a visual gag it's trying to say something else Uh uh-huh anyway it is quite of a mess of a movie and the horror element on this i guess is there's this buzz cola which turns kids into zombies and they drink motor oil and like eat random shit from the sea there's a scene with one of these jock dudes uh who's like you know on the friendly portion of this movie and then one of the uh zombies who is played by tom villard and they're just eating random shit from the ocean and seeing who pukes first all right. It is the I'm weirdest like, fucking movie. Guys being guys. Like it's it's a parody butts. it's a parody joke film but it just doesn't really work. It's just this odd film. And oh yeah, Eddie Dezen or Dezine? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he's in here. He's Of course he is. And the girl that um plays the Marilyn Monroe look like in Fade to Black, who I think has a great aesthetic and when she shows up in this movie, she mm-hmm. kind of looks the same as she did in Fade in Black or Fade to Black. Um but it's like in this arcade, but then she changes her look throughout the film. And it's just kind of interesting. I don't know if I can say I would recommend this. This is like one of those things like if you're just curious and it's on Tubi, go right the fuck ahead. Um, But I don't I could never say blind bias. (laughs) Understood. But, you know, it's funny because then you have people like Jeremy who. Well, I maybe you would love it. I don't know. So I own You'll a have to rent it from Andy's video. surfing movie. Okay. I'm not going to get into it. This is not the time or place. Okay. Did you make Nikki watch this? What? Surf, Surf 2? Two? Yeah. We watched Did it you right after the beyond. to her? <laughs> uh, no. Because. You may want to think about it. No, that. I'm not going to apologize. I told her I've never seen this film. Yeah. You, that's the way you describe it. It might be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I think she played on her phone most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't blame her. Understood. Uh, it, it was, yeah, it's a weird product. That's the best well, thing I can kind of give it. That's the thing with Vinegar Syndrome is they put out a lot of great movies. They put out underrated movies. They put out good movies, but they, put they put also put out stars. whatever the fuck they, they want. want. Yeah. And I respect that they think movies like Surf 2 deserve to be preserved along with fucking Thriller, yep. Drop Dead Fred, and like Death Machines, you know, I, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I actually like all those movies I just mentioned, but people, it, it's the cult, it's the cult following where it's like, ah, they put, put this, gotta buy these vinegar syndromes, like, yeah. And those wait, boxes and those slips. Just Look, wait. Yeah. Like, like I just said, I just described a movie that I think I gave two stars on Letterbox. It's a yeah. weird curiosity piece. 
it has a you theatrical. Don't have to buy we watch the theatrical cut. Out. We watch the theatrical yeah. cut. And There's also watch. a director's cut. Oh, how long is that? Uh, apparently a little longer, but it explains the Buzz Cola thing a little better. I don't know if I could <laughs> do it. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes is time's going to have to pass by for a minute before I revisit that movie. But yeah, I mean, fuck. I think I spent at least 30 bucks on well, that goddamn movie. Because and it's I'm this loyal. is a lot of the, the it, there's the FOMO I have to buy it right away where honestly if it is a, unless a movie I am like you know if for this halfway to Black Friday they put out Prom Night 2 right right yeah I'm buying like 10 copies of that like oh, immediately yeah. yeah but I've stopped where even with shit I like unless I think it's going to sell out over the weekend yep I will wait till it's on sale. I waited till WNUF was on sale for halfway to Black Friday. Ticks, Dead Heat. Yeah. Love those movies. Yeah. But I can't fucking shell out 40 bucks I get for, it. you know, yeah. a movie. Like No, I agree. I, I, I get it. And especially, here's why I will say the, the, the print runs are getting higher too. Yeah. They're exactly. usually like 5,000, 6,000. So the stuff that's selling out now is like the partner label stuff, which yes. I'm going <sighs> to. This is no knock on Vinegar Syndrome. Um, there's a lot of partner labels. But there's a lot of partner labels. And quite honestly, some of the titles that they pick up, I'm more interested in than what Vinegar Syndrome is. I am out. too. They have a couple on my list that I've been wanting to pick up. Like Detention is one of them. Part of their partner label I really want to get. Yeah. And... Which Air Doll. The- that was the other one I really want to pick up because I love Air Doll. Oh, and I yeah. like um, that director... A lot, and he has a lot of movies in Criterion Collection, so I'm surprised mm-hmm. they didn't get Airdoll. That was the big one, and I mean, and keep looking at it. <laughs> yeah, but they're I mean, very limited. Like you're talking 1,500 to 2,000 units, which are more likely going to sell those out. Those are going to sell out. Yeah. So um, I was thinking of Ronnie Sorter's films. There is Sinistre. Yes. <laughs> um, and his second film, Ravage. Yeah. Which are shot on video. Film Saturn's Core, which was also, I believe, who put out Savage Harvest. Savage Harvest. Yep. Um, I'm very interested in that just because I'm very interested in this wave of Missouri made films that are getting releases. And, 100%. I mean, um, do I, would, I, I, I am interested more in probably Agfa stuff and Saturn Saturn's Core stuff. Yeah. Um, but also in general, like SOV stuff. Right, because I got video violence one and two. I'm good with my DVD. And honestly, like it's hard to. I don't know some of the shot on video stuff. I will say that like, Blu-ray still looks better than the DVD because you have to understand that. Even though maybe it was shot with forty-eight, uh, 480p. And DVDs 480p. Sometimes that film still needs to get compressed to fit on a fucking disc. Yeah. So Blu-ray just affords you more headroom, essentially, for these movies. Now, granted, I do find it funny that I bought Heavy Metal Parking Lot, which on the back it says 17 minutes. Yes. (laughs) It's like, holy fuck. But with that said, you know, I mean, it's got like all that guys or the the two filmmakers short films and all sorts of extras and stuff that, you know, 
had been available and a lot of stuff that hadn't been available. So I'm actually really interested because I've only seen heavy metal parking lot, but regardless, sorry. Uh, vinegar syndrome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Basically people have FOMO and they want to buy everything right away. I mean, you don't have to. I don't think that stuff's going to sell out as quickly as it used to. Though. And some want the slips. That's, I feel like the that's, biggest oh, yeah, that's is a slip. the limited edition slips yeah. or boxes. It's funny how Vinegar Syndrome has kind of become like the Apple boutique label. And what I mean by that is like you could sell a MacBook that's three years old for probably around the same price. There's little depreciation. And with Vinegar Syndrome, it's like, oh, well, if a title sells out, you can fucking sell you know, the Blu-ray with the slip for God knows. Like I have, I have the wild boys. I saw that go up to a hundred dollars at one point. Anybody wants my spooky seal. Crazy. Call me. Yeah. But, uh, there's uh two slip covers. Do you have both? No, cause I'm not a fucking <laughs> asshole. Anyways, anyway. let's talk about our movie. Let's talk about our movie, which is not from vinegar syndrome. It's from, uh, their arch enemy <laughs> scream factory. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if they're arch enemies. I think they're fine. But I will say Vinegar Syndrome's picking up a lot of their back titles. Invaders from Mars. Let's go. Oh, I'm ready for that. <laughs> it's them or Kino's putting it out. Yeah. Somebody needs to put it out because I'm tired of it being out of print because I don't know it. Uh, the Burning. The fucking Burning from 1981. This film uh, is one of my favorite kind of summer slasher films and I don't know about you guys but this is typically like the film that I want to watch in August like mm-hmm. to close out even though I think it takes place like in the height of the summer like yeah it's definitely not a June or July it's not an August film right um, but I don't know there's just some of the shots in this film kind of remind me of like the end of summer it just has that feel for me. So I was actually really happy to fucking... When I showed it at High Point, did I show it in August or did I show it in July? May was Samurai Cop. Yep. Mm-hmm. June was Reanimator. Yep. July was the Maniac remake. Yep. August was the Burning. Yep. Woohoo, you win. <sighs> yeah. yeah, this is why I run... <laughs> tri- this is why trivia is a thing. Yeah, so the last time we showed the Burning was nine years ago. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Um, Yana, you said that was your first time seeing it. Seeing the burning, yes. That's awesome. So Um, it was a great way to experience it. And I mean, I fell in love with it when I watched it. Had you heard about the movie before? Not really. And I'm going to be honest because I hadn't heard of that one. There's a lot of movies you've showed that Mm. I wasn't familiar with before. And I was kind of surprised because, I mean, I grew up just renting stuff from Deerberg's Blockbuster Schnooks, and I don't ever recall seeing the burning like a VHS or anything. That was that was a hard one to get. I think it was Thorny MI. Yep, Um, very hard one to get. Where anyone was the because you know what's funny though, (laughs) like the one time I found it. It always reminded me of like a Sega Genesis (laughs) movie because (laughs) it had that weird grid on it. Yeah. but, when was the first time you saw The Burning? All right. So, yeah, The Burning, I definitely watched um, when I was going through the VHS video stores and like just trying to rent 
anything and everything. But mm -hmm. again, I was very particular with like ticks. I'm like, oh, that's cheesy. Like when we talked about with uh, Doug last episode. The Burning was one of those movies. I kind of went on a rampage mm -hmm. and I got really particular with cover art. That's this was probably the time that I started getting really interested in the artwork really and, and understanding like what this art, how important this artwork is, right. Is like, that's what sells you on the movie. Sure. I was a kid that was going down up and down the horror aisle trying to find like the coolest or controversial yeah. film, like something that would test my boundaries and limits or I was just looking for like a really cool slasher. And I remember coming across this and it was a rare tape because I remember going to, I think I found this one at Schnooks on Butler Hill mm -hmm. and in their separate video club section when it was like not in the grocery store. Yeah, And I remember looking at it and this was a time when I recognized the Thorn EMI video logo. And I was like, oh, shit, these guys put out Dawn of the Dead, uh, Evil Dead, The Terminator, yeah. Hills Have Eyes Part 2. I didn't discover yet. But, <laughs> but, gotta, gotta see it. Yeah. Company, yeah. I mean, look, he, he, I was like, man, these, these guys are a dependable company. And then once I saw this, even though it reminded me of the Sega Genesis with the faint blue grid on it, I saw the coolest fucking artwork. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Is this like the thing? Because it has very similar artwork in a weird way. I guess. Well, um, it's just a glowing head. There's like a yeah. light coming out of where your head should be. And that's what I associated it with. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to be cool. What is this? Like sci-fi at camp? And then I'm like, but there's shears. So this must did, be a slasher. Did you try reading the back of so the, then yeah no okay. i'm just i'm setting Man. up the story Mike. baby okay uh once the the quotes are uncanny grisly and convincing a truly grotesque monster and i'm like oh it's a monster movie or a slasher okay and i started reading the back and yeah i was sucked in i'm like cropsy who's cropsy okay and yeah, I ended up watching it and look, I don't think that movie's ever looked good until Blu-ray, to no. be quite honest. Um, it was very murky. Um, and unfortunately, one of the things with The Burning is it's not, I don't think it's expertly shot and some of the a, scenes are not very well lit. Yeah. So on VHS, it's a little harder to watch some of those night scenes with like Glazer, well, it so to take away all the romanticism of the his first time <laughs> stumbling upon it and this yeah. ponderance and uh, I was reading I think it was websites like um, the Terror Trap yeah Retro Slashers yes and so I downloaded a rip of the Vipco uncut DVD oh shit okay in like 2003 and watched it. Uh, you know, but even so, I bought the MGM DVD when it came out. I think that was mm -hmm. like 2007. Yep, yep. Um, it wasn't until seeing the burning at Grindhouse, there's a shot with Alfie sitting on top of the bunk. Oh, yeah, Cropsy's face. I never saw it in yeah. any of the many times I had watched it until 
that viewing was like, oh shit, he's actually like there. You know, I, I will retract my statement. Maybe the, the MGM DVD looked okay. It looked okay. Um, the Vipco the one Blu -ray, looked like shit. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the VHS releases were hard, right? It just yeah. didn't... No, that was a DVD release they did, but oh, they yeah, didn't really clean it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. The movies never really looked great. And honestly, you could look at the Blu-ray. It's not and a great looking movie. Even the like end scene is a little uh -huh. rough. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think there's a lot of charm behind the movie. And the fact that this is also kind of kind of tying into an actual urban legend. Well, do you want to set up what the movie is before we dive into it? Sure. Either? So, uh, in probably one of the most sadistic scenes in a slasher movie, and, and especially in learning uh, the origin story of, of our uh, antagonist, who is this man who later gets called Cropsy. Well, I mean, he was called Cropsy... I always thought that was funny. He was always called Cropsy. Is he? Is it because he's like the landscaping guy? Why is he called Cropsy? Yeah. From is that explained standpoint? in the movie? No, no. that is his okay. name. I'm guessing that's his last name. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if it was like a nickname because he no, was like they a, don't, they a don't. landscaping guy. <laughs> and that's why he's got the shears. Anywho. Okay. So the very beginning of the movie is with these dudes that are going to play a prank on this guy who, you know, gets on their nerves, is a drunk, and is probably drunk and passed out. And sure enough, uh, Cropsy is. And they fucking light him on fire. Yeah, they you know, it's put an this, like, accident, candle in there, and <laughs> yeah, his and drunk ass freaks, freaks out. out. Mm -hmm. And he's got probably drinking... Wild Turkey 101. That's why it went up so quick. <laughs> well, also, you see a giant thing oh, of like gasoline. Kerosene, yeah, 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 kerosene yeah. pour, and that really just. So he was dreaming real good, anyways, with that kerosene <laughs> next to his butt. Well, I mean, how do you expect a man to go to sleep? With all those, those fucking few. kids. I don't blame them. That's how daddy goes to sleep when the wild turkey doesn't work. <laughs> I just opened a can of kerosene yeah. below um, my bed. So. But yeah, he gets lit the fuck up on fire, storms out of the shed that he's in, and that's pretty much the opening of the movie, and that sets everything up. So, uh, obviously, like, everybody knows this movie because <laughs> Jason Alexander's in it, and Jason Alexander is, yes, George Costanza from yeah. Seinfeld, and he still looks like a, you know, 40-year-old man in the... <laughs> <laughs> some people look 40 for 40 years. I know. Some I know. People, yeah. I, I'm 41 years old, and somebody said I was like 26 the other day. I think that's a stretch. Who? But this nice old lady at okay. the St. Louis Carousel. So somebody who can't see. Got yeah. It. Yeah. She probably needs to go to the eye doctor. Please do that, ma'am, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> ma'am, if you're listening and you'd like to come please on the show, out. please contact us. But yeah, no, I, I mean, this is just, uh, quite honestly, it is pretty much a pretty standard camp slasher film. It's but a, it, kind of a revenge movie in a way, if you look at it. It's also, yeah, it's also that. And then it's also the campfire story. Yes. Right. And I saw that you brought something in here. Uh, well, I don't know if we want to save that for later. Yeah, that's going to tie okay. into the folklore of Cropsy, but I thought we'd gotcha. get through more of the movie first. 
Okay. Well, that's um, okay. What, do you, what, what more do you want to talk about, bud? Well, um, when he is released from the burn ward three years later, I had this question watching is, so the first thing he sees, which understandably is, gets himself a sex worker. Right. And goes back to her place. She's a little impatient, you know. She's got t- she's got money to make, and time is money. Uh, but when she sees his horribly scarred visage, she is terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and she becomes the first victim. And I wrote, "Do you think if the hooker had been more understanding, any of this would have happened?" Oh, oh, I see. Where like, you're going. if he had okay. just kind of gotten certain needs met. W- would he have just been like, okay, <laughs> I've got to figure out my life. So what yeah. you're saying yeah, yeah. is like, his kill crazy rampage is caused by, is his caused by him Is caused by nutty. his sexual rege- Yes. Hmm. Wow. Which kind of ties into all that feminist theory from the 80s on Slashers. I like it. You kind of think about how he kills Except, some of the people in certain But they scenes. all get to have, but they usually have sex. Well, no, no, there's the skinny yeah. dipping. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. But... Um, there's one couple that does have sex and they are. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I also remember liking about this movie is that it didn't follow the tropes no. or, or the rules. Right. That we've got set in 78's Halloween, carried on with Friday the 13th, even carried on with Scream. And it's even, you know, commented on. Right. Um, and satirized on. But. In this one, like you could just be trying to get a fucking canoe out of the water and back to your home base, and shit could happen. Cropsy yep. said, "Fuck them kids." Yeah, yeah, oh, fuck yeah. them oh, kids. Okay. And I think that's what kind of maybe freaked me out a little bit more than some of the others is like I could just be minding my business and get fucking killed by this dude. There's feel like plenty no of people safe that in there. It's it, like right. yeah, it's not. You can't predict who's gonna be next. Yeah. But I totally think Alfie deserves it. <laughs> I think a lot of the people deserve it. Like, in a way, this is a very New York film because everyone is intensely like. Most people are very unlikable. Yeah, um, I like. I like the female counselor that's on the raft. I can't think of her character's name. And I, I think maybe that's why for for a minute, this movie wasn't really talked about. Yeah, because. Well, it There's nothing available. that really like, yeah, the availability, the way to see the actual movie and also um, nobody really stands out. I don't think. No, th- there's nobody in the, there isn't a final girl. So it right. subverts that as well, where it's sort of Alfie, but at the same time, it's also the counselor who probably kind of deserved it as well right right um and uh, i <clears throat> sorry <coughs> sorry you're good i don't know what i was gonna say but um well i mean and i think a lot of this it's also the unavailability that you mentioned earlier yeah is another yeah, the reason. rarity yeah. right it's it's chasing the dragon trying to find this movie um there, there was a point in time when chasing like, the LimeWire, chasing the. <laughs> I did not download it on my. Yeah, mind. I was gonna say. Well, it wasn't there a version that was cut because didn't you show a print in 2013 and there was a scene that was kind of missing um, from it? No, no I know that's what, what it was. That's what it was. Um, 
Go ahead. Because he showed the digital. He was going to get the print, but he figured yep. out what had happened. And what had happened was. So um, I was going to show the 35 millimeter print of the burning when we showed it at the high point nine years ago. But the iconic scene that everybody knows was like Missing. fucked with. So a thing, a trade that projectionists did back in the day were cut out frames of iconic things in cult movies. And this was a popular movie on the East Coast, from what I gather, because it deals with Cropsey, who is actually a New York urban legend, right? So a lot of people saw this as the official movie of the urban legend. We're going to finally figure out yeah. what this is. Um, but the the problem is, if it's running in New York and the East Coast, it's probably going to, and especially because I think a lot of people took that to heart, that, oh, this is the movie about the urban legend. Oh, have you seen this fucking movie? There's this really killer scene that's yeah. like this great little set piece. And people started cutting the thing to be like, oh, yeah, I got like, uh, you know, three frames of this scene. And this isn't just for the burning I've seen it done multiple times because I, w I used to be a projectionist. My head projectionist had like three or four frames of The Working Girls, which has Elvira, not as Elvira. It's, yeah. You know, Cassandra Peterson. Peterson doing her uh, Las Vegas like strip thing. And he's like, oh, you know what that is? That's Elvira. I'm like, oh, OK, Dave. Anyway, didn't mean to throw you under the bus. Don't kill me. Uh <laughs> But no, that that was like kind of this thing that people did um, is just kind of trim out shit on the movies, yeah. whether directed by the theater or just on their own accord. So um, obviously this print has been used a lot. We were getting it from the MGM archives uh, and they were like, yeah, you're good to not run it reel to reel because that was the reason why we had to go digital with Return of the Living Dead. I uh -huh. remember this yeah. now. Um and they were like, well, there's some damage. I'm like, how bad's the damage? And they're like, well, we recently pulled it so we can tell you that like this scene, which happens at this minute mark to this minute mark, has compromises. And I'm like, what, what are we talking about? Like missing, is it missing the whole thing? And they're like, no, somebody essentially like you can tell different projectionists fucking cut it up. Yeah. To get those frames for their private collections. And like when you do that, you tape everything together. So there's just imagine like, I don't know, a hundred feet of film. That's just all fucking cut up. And mm -hmm. it might not even be a hundred feet. It, I'm very, I don't remember the math of how many minutes equals how many feet. But however long that scene is that whole stretch of film was just chopped to pieces. And especially in the important parts in the visual pieces when the shears are being raised up against the sun. And it's yep. like, fuck, man. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just do the digital. It's cheaper anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, uh, we opted to go digital with that, um, which we will be showing the digital as well, obviously. You mean Marcus doesn't have a 35 no, projector? No. Nobody has a 35 projector anymore other than High Point and Webster. Webster is the only fucking place that's going to use it. Wow. It's true. I know. Unless yeah. directed by fucking Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Or Quentin Tarantino. Or, or Quentin. Yeah. Yeah. Or 
Those fucks. Anyway, um, so uh, this movie uh, is just interesting on like <laughs> number one. I always wanted to. I, I, I should have got with Marcus to see if they could name their backyard barbecue burger, whatever the fu- backlot barbecue burger, the Quirky Burger, after the producer. <laughs> Of the burning Corky Burger. Corky Burger. Do you not know who Corky Burger is? I don't know. Do you? Yes, he's uh, one of the producers of this movie. Well, you can still just get with them. Oh God damn it! Anyway, okay, that joke's dead. Yeah. Wow. All right. Good joke. Okay. What else do we want to talk about with the film? Um. <laughs> Before we get into behind the scenes, you just need shit. to listen to your heart because Karen. The counselor who is like kind of likes the bad boy counselor. I don't know what his name, like typical Staten yeah. Island guy. <laughs> typical Glazer? No, no, not, not Glazer. Glazer. Um, the counselor who's got the dark hair, they go skinny dipping. She says in the mess hall Todd? scene, Todd. Todd, she says, sometimes he scares me. And I drew like red flag, like I wrote that quote down, I was like red flags, <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, honey, stop. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest... Go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. My biggest issue with this, and case in point, you just talking about that, I'm like, I can't remember his fucking name. I know. It's like, well, I know Woodstock. I know Alfie. Yep. Glazer, of course. Yeah. I didn't even know Jason Alexander's character's name. I don't either. I couldn't remember. It's I just Dave. Knew it oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I know the dude Glazer. I don't fucking remember his first name. Do you? No, I just remember no. Glazer. Okay. Maybe it's I'm just like, Glazer. It's Brian Glazer. No, I'm just <laughs> Um Helen Hunt has a part in this. I can never Helen spot Hunt her. Or Holly Hunter. Maybe that's why I can't spot yeah. it. Yeah, Holly Hunter. Holly is Hunter. In this. Okay. Well, shows what I know. <laughs> um Ask him at horror trivia. Oh, oh try fuckers. I'll do a witchboard three question. I don't care. I did not realize she was in this. Yeah, now she, I'm, she's now in I'm, it for a short minute. She, yeah, she has a character name apparently. Yeah, Sophie. Sophie. I I only know that because never, I'm looking at it. Never seen. Oh, I I do remember Woodstock just because of the name. Yeah, who, who is played by Fisher Stevens? Um. Oh, I did want to say with that raft scene. So I. Watched this at a friend's for his annual like Halloween marathon. Yeah, and it was uh, us, his now wife, um, another friend, and then a lot of her friends from school. And no one had seen it except like three of us. <laughs> and for honestly, it's kind of a slow, slow bo- there. It's got a high body count, but yeah. half of that comes from one scene. It's the raft scene. Mm-hmm. And like, they were getting kind of bored. They're like, all right, there, you know, there hasn't been a sex scene. Cause Glazer and oh, I can't even remember her name either. Chrissy. Chrissy. Uh... Yeah. Um, and so they were like, so it was like a really good build Wait a up. Minute. No, Karen. No, 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 no. Glaze the girl that Alfie was spying on that like 
Sally. Sally. I can't remember. I just watched this yesterday. Oh I know. God. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. These characters are Aside not from very... like Glazer. Yeah. With that said, I don't but remember a lot of characters from Friday the 13th. Either. Anticipation for the raft scene. Yeah. Because we knew we all knew it was coming. We like made eye contact right before and it fucking blew the roof off the house because they were like, yes, this is what we want. It's a great scene. Yeah. That, you know, obviously like it's one of those scenes that you kind of figure out yeah. while it's happening. Like something's going to happen yes. right now. The music kind of plays into it a little bit, but it's the way it's edited. And you're like, well, wait, they're almost at this fucking canoe and I don't see shit. Uh-huh. What's going to happen? Like, is this just like a gag? And then it happens. And what's great it's about it is like it doesn't. It feels like it's in slow motion, but it totally isn't. Yeah. Because it's just like showing all the carnage, showing all the Tom mm-hmm. Savini effects. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because I think, uh, you know, like, I think at this point you start to really pick up on Tom Savini's signatures, right? Like, oh, okay, he's got the fake neck appliance. Something's going through there. Mm-hmm. The the fingers getting chopped off was interesting, but you'll also see like a waving of hands, like an actual appendage mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of like Savini trick. He just basically said, oh, here's my trick bag and th- threw it out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I look, that scene is great. I absolutely love it. Um, and I think it's really the make or break of this movie. You know, this movie and the poster that Mondo put out is the reason I joined Twitter. Yeah. Because I used to do those drops only on Twitter. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I got it. Yeah. I was mad because I should have bought it. <laughs> I was at Fantastic Fest when I saw it in person. Oh, I'm still mad about it. Good. Stay mad. Stay mad. But yeah, Holly Hunter's in it for a minute. Jason Alexander's in it. Fisher Stevens is in it. The other notables, um, obviously, I'm just going to get the fucking elephant out of the room here. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, this was a story that came up with uh, by fucking asshole Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I cringed Harvey when I saw Bob that Weinstein. at the beginning. Yeah, Weinstein. Harvey and Bob kind of came up with the story. What's it, it is their first, it's like the first is thing they Harvey's did. Is it Harvey's first one he did, technically? Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's his very first produced film, but this was like his baby at the beginning. Um, what's also interesting, though, is that Brad Gray also was part of the story. I don't think he wrote the screenplay, but Brad Gray is a great fucking producer that produced so much television stuff. And, but he also like was behind the cable guy and happy Gilmore. He was like of this weird era in films. Uh, I think he may have even produced like the departed. Um, but he did a lot of television work, a lot of television work. News radio was a big one. Uh, I think he just kind of wrote a lot for NBC for a minute. Just shoot me. Uh, and then in 99, his biggest thing, the Sopranos. And oh. that's when, mm. like, I think that's about 
where he turned into Brad Gray television. And he did a lot of stuff for HBO. And uh, then I, I believe he passed away um, in 2017, somewhere around there. But he was working um, up until he died. So, but I think a lot of people know of him as a producer and especially that the Brad Gray productions or television. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, it's interesting how, and I think this is more of like a grab or capture of horror and how like, this is the start of a lot of people's careers in the business is working on horror films. And as much as like the industry will shit on horror films, the true industry folks also know that's what keeps everything going. Um, so this is kind of like this weird, almost like test tube baby of the beginning of a lot of big people career, like their careers. Now, granted the director, Tony Malum, uh, I think he was a Brit if I yeah, remember correctly. British. Uh, so I don't think he really had a great career. Um, he didn't, but I fucking love Split Second. Yeah, Split Second's fucking killer, even though it's totally a ripoff. <laughs> That's and okay. I know a lot of people will say like the Burning's a ripoff, but the Burning was actually de- like conceived, or the product started formulation before Friday the Thirteenth was even oh, in production. Yeah, I so I rewatched um, the 2009 documentary Cropsy. Yes. And Cropsy was a urban legend in New York, mainly, um, starting really in the 70s. I kind of the for it's a great documentary, but for the purposes of this conversation about the movie, kind of the first five minutes mm-hmm. tell you what you need to know. But I rewatched a part with Dr. Bill Ellis, who is the professor of folklore at Penn State that um, Boy Scout camps in the Hudson Valley River region of New York is where Cropsy started and Cropsy became shorthand for basically a like maniac or a killer and it'd be like oh don't go behind the cabins at this camp because Cropsy's going to be there. Cropsy's going to get you. You go to the lake at night, Cropsy's going to get you and it became throughout Staten Island like Cropsy is coming for you mm-hmm. if you go past the stop yeah you can go out with your friends but if you go further north or south cropsy's gonna get you yeah and kind of the paranoia that was on staten island at the time is you had um first of all you had the willowbrook state institution which was the home for like special needs and mentally handicapped children yeah that had an expose by geraldo in 72, but didn't get shut down until 1987. There was also a pretty big swath of um, forest called the Green Belt Mm -hmm. that's up there. And even within that, there was an old tuberculosis ward that was abandoned. Yes. So then it kind of came out like Cropsy lives in like the basements of these buildings and he goes from basement to you know he goes like he basically abandoned building abandoned, abandoned yeah building. he goes abandoned building to abandoned building and then you have a big when um willow park was closed down mm-hmm. it was a huge campus yeah. and there were people who were living but in the basements and like in the tunnels connecting the buildings and that's where a lot of the kind of came and it was right. you know um the directors are staten island natives 
and they mentioned that they had their own versions of it. There are times where, you know, oh, he's got a hook for a hand, or he used an axe, or he had a knife, and he was married, and someone killed his wife, or... Um, yeah, it so Cropsey just became this shorthand, and this is why, like, looking at all of the... Aside from Tony Malam, all the people involved in it are New York natives. Right. Who, it's a very New York movie. Yeah, and it's a very New York idea at the right. time that was you know this kind of stranger danger before they had a word for it yeah um which is funny because then there was also a movie being while this was filming <laughs> you had gary souls and uh michael oh what's his well it's funny because this movie has a couple Joe, of effects on different movies uh G- gianna i'm sorry totally butchered that new york <laughs> name but they would later released a movie same year called madman yep and uh, i grabbed this from the anchor bay release from 2001 it says during an open casting call an actress told them her boyfriend was acting in a movie with a similar story currently filming in upstate new york they immediately stopped pre-production their industry contract contacts they read the other script and a weekend determined their story could be um, original alongside the other movie. So they were yeah. working on a Cropsey movie as well. Yeah. Heard the burning was filming. We're like, oh shit. Right. And uh, they Mad changed Man Mars, course. baby. <laughs> and that's how we got Madman Mars. Yeah. I did not know that. And that's what I always pair the burning with is Madman. I like to do a double feature. Well, the other funny thing is that um, another movie was filming and had to make changes. And that is. September's Late Night Greenhouse, Don't Go In the House. Oh, It was called, really? like, whenever um, director Joseph Ellison of that movie, yeah. he was in pre-production under that movie called The Burning, because that's what... Yes. That's what our antagonist does. If you even want to call him... across the land. Yes, The yeah. Burninator. Um, so, yeah, it was called The Burning, and then they're like, oh, fuck, well, this... New York yeah. movie is being shot and I, I can't remember where they shot Don't Go in the House, but I want to say it was like New York, New Jersey, upstate I think New it was York maybe. Upstate. Um, but that was, you know, that was happening and they're like, well, I guess we're going to change their, uh, change the name. So they changed it to Don't Go in the House. Funny how that all works. Yeah. How one movie made all those ripple effects. Crazy. Just like that asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But also, it's I mean, there's a lot of funny comparisons to this, too. Like, I mean, with Friday the 13th, apparently, like, um, Quirky Burger, the producer and uh, asshole, went to Cannes and, like, tried to sell the script for money. And then they, apparently, I think they rejected offers and they kind of learned, like, Friday the 13th wasn't a Paramount movie. It was an independent production. Yeah brought to you by the maniacs for you know pieces and uh steve oh what is his name steve manazian and dick randall uh-huh they the, the i believe it's on crystal lake memories um i'm i'm pretty positive i'm not fucking crazy but they financed friday the 13th and then got the film made paramount picked it up and now oh. that's what kind of made the are you accusing of paramount. dead people of money laundering <laughs> oh <laughs> you had to say it um but anyway this apparently was done in the same fashion where they're like fuck it we're just gonna make the movie and then 
distributed it ourselves or or find a distributor. Yeah. Um, I I what I will say is like on the after effect of watching all the slasher films that are out there, this is kind of this nice like it feels like this homegrown kind of slasher movie that's trying to well talk about you know the Cropsey legend as well yeah. and like take pride in it but it's also this kind of like little train that could type of movie oh i mean and a lot of slashers are were you know regional independent and that's what i find fascinating about the genre that era that of the genre yeah oh, okay. all these people were like hey this Friday Thirteenth made a shitload of money, and so yep. I can do that. Halloween made shit ton of money, and, that, and some that's people how, do it that's well, how that shit and happened. some people do not. It, it right, right. It's <laughs> funny how like when you look at the origins of a lot of the slasher films, like Friday Thirteenth. I mean, Friday Thirteenth was made because Sean S. Cunningham's like, oh, uh, Friday Thirteenth. That's the most unlucky day. We got to do something with that. Yeah, sold it just on the name because he was like, Halloween made shit ton of money. We could probably do this. And that's how they got some of their first financing. And then, like I said before, they joined up, added some more money to the pot, and that's how that movie got made. Mm -hmm. And then you have other slasher films that kind of follow the same thing. They're usually one shots. There's not a lot of slasher yeah. franchises as far as like camp thrillers or, or whatever you want to call. But obviously like I, I'm going to say it because I, anytime I can drop my boy Bava, Bay of Blood is what started everything. Yeah. As mm-hmm. far as slashers are concerned. Even though it's, yes, it is a murder mystery. Somebody fucking, I almost got into it with somebody the other day. Because they're like, it was more of a murder. Who done it? And I'm like, yeah, but it's also a fucking slasher movie. Yeah, which is you know, 100%. I mean, Jalos. Well, yeah, and that I don't movie in particular. If you've seen Twitch of the Death Nerve, Bay of Blood, Last House Carnage. on the Left, too, yada yada yada. <laughs> we went over that in yeah, that yeah, one yeah. episode. Um, how you could be like, oh, this is not like the first slasher. If you've seen it, you have to admit, like, yeah, that is, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I could go. I could go into you don't, about slasher. Wait, films, you don't. But. You don't think Bay of Blood's the first slasher, or you do? I do, but okay. I think it, there's a lot more. There's a. It's never. You know, it's, it's additive never just sub-genre. one. No, 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 thing. no, no, no. Like, there's never, rarely ever one movie that did it. First, and there's right. so much other shit that happened, but it's like it's the same people who be like, "Well, Psycho is the first slasher," and it was like, "Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, know if I that's buy that. Totally that that's more of it's, it's stylized a, as a thriller." This is a topic I could talk a long time about, and I'd be happy to. But I really just want to talk about that talk Rick about the, Wakeman yes, score. Yes, Rick Wakeman. Uh, I am so. I Which think, is funny that you kept saying yes. I know. Oh. Do you think I did it on purpose? No. Oh, what if I told you I did? I'd call you a liar. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but no, yeah, Rick Rick Wakeman, if you're not familiar who that is, uh, he was in a band called Yes. God damn it. And uh, look, I'm not the hugest fan of yes, yes, but <laughs> yeah, they're just called Yes. But um, I love his score for this movie. Um, 
it's one of my favorite electronic scores. And I think it's, it's this weird, it's a score I love, but some of the cues are odd. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what makes it. Yes. Work. And I, it works. In, in a weird way, it almost kind of like makes it stand out more when because of it. Everybody was ripping off Manfredini, including himself. Mancini. <laughs> uh, Manfredini. Manfredini is the man from uncle. I don't know. Um, no, that's Henry Mancini. You're right on that. <laughs> Where were you Manfredini? going with this? Manfredini is Friday the 13th. Yeah. Pink Where Panther? were you going I don't with know. this? Oh, oh no. God. Just how that became like the score. Yes. To kind of rip off. Um, where Rick Wakeman, who is a keyboardist, right, made a lot of choice. God, he was in town for like a really small concert like years ago, and I was like, I kind of just want to <laughs> go, go there and, and try to get the vinyl sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a new release, so I'm sure he'd be like, cool, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> thanks, because he had to like okay it. Yeah, because I mean, like he didn't really have a huge career in film scores, but obviously, I remember this Creep Show two was one yeah. that he I think he co-collaborated he with Raft. Some, yeah, yeah, that was like his main piece, that which was my is also segment from also kind oh, of yeah. funny too. because like I feel like the raft and the burning are shot very similar. And it oh, also yeah. kind of takes place on water. Yeah, yeah. I never yeah. thought of that until you mentioned it and comparing the two. If you watch them frame by like you could probably do like this little scene shuffle and still think it's somehow the same movie until the fucking monster comes up. But I think uh Wakeman's first score was like Listomania, the Ken Russell movie. Um and then he teamed up with Ken Russell again. Uh, three years after the burning with Crimes of Passion. Mm -hmm. And then in 95 was his last score, Bullet the Beijing. I've never heard of this movie, but apparently it's got Michael, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Michael Cocaine. Michael Michael Cocaine. Michael Cocaine. And Jason Connery. Okay. Seer, as my water bottle is just fucking going. But yeah, no, I, I really enjoy this uh, score from Wakeman. Also, another interesting thing is it's edited by Jack Shoulder. Who the would? Film? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. What year was Alone in the Dark? Alone in the Dark was um, 82. Okay. So it nice was, year. you know, a year or yeah. two, depending who you talk to, right? Um, but I mean, Jack Shoulder w- directed like a couple of student films or something, mm-hmm. or maybe it was just one movie. And and then yeah, Alone in the Dark was eighty two, and then he got the Elm Street. That's when he started going down the New Line rabbit hole, essentially, and just kind of working through that. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> now I know why you know him. <laughs> I know him because of Nightmare on Elm Street too. Hold on, hold on, the hidden. And because he did Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of forgot he did it. I was looking over his resume. I'm like, oh, fuck. He also did that movie, Renegades, which is a movie I've been wanting to see. I've never seen it. Anyway. um, Yeah, no. Jack Shoulder edited this. And it's what I will say is like... I don't know if it's the best edited film, but it also feels like one of those films that maybe the coverage wasn't all there. So it's a little disjointed. Yeah. But 
I, I guess well, it's up to you to read into there's it. There's a, like... I know it was a quick production once it started going. And they added something, and it's very clear at the end of the kind of climax of the film in the building. Right. Where it's supposed to be the reveal of one of the vic- victims. Victims, Like, their body yeah. is there. And it's literally just a still frame of their death. Yeah. It's super awkward. It's weird. Uh, Which is a very Friday the 13th thing to be like, oh, here's the bodies of the victims like yeah. being displayed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the burning is essential viewing for slasher fans for sure. Um, this was put out by Filmways Pictures, which wasn't a huge studio, but it was a decent independent studio yeah. that um, I think they ended up putting out like Dress to Kill somehow and Blowout, uh, even though they would later get acquired, I want to say by MGM, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but they, I think they had like some sort of partnership possibly with MGM because I know they put out like Death Wish 2 or something. So, okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, I I like this movie. I hope people, maybe if you saw it for the first time this past Friday, loved it. We hope you liked or it. Or liked too. it. And we hope so too. Uh, I, mean, I, I just, it. I will say visually, like, even though there are, there are room for, it's rooms a for improvement. Low budget exploitation movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's pretty efficient in yeah. what it needs to do. And it also feels different and possibly more real. I guess the best way I could say is you have Friday the 13th. That's your like neutral ground, right? And if John Waters was to direct Friday the 13th, that would be Sleepaway Camp. The burning is essentially. If you wanted some kids that wanted to make a movie and they're like, hey, we can make a slasher film and we can make this work and we're going to get Tom Savini, who's like hot, get him to work on the effects. And the effects are great. And that scene is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's stuff to take away from this movie, but also like the teenagers seem relatively real, whether that's because... They're not teenagers. I can't tell you. It's, it's a camp film that it like it feels like a camp where yeah. obviously the Friday the 13th, you have one entry where there are campers. Right. Um, well, this, they really do feel like they're actually really camping. They're really part of that group, even yeah. though they all look like they're in their late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. You know, but you still get that realistic feel to it. And I think because it doesn't follow the normal formula that you you, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I really like that about the film. Yeah. I think it's it, it's this weird thing of like trying to find... And, and follow a slasher formula, but also trying to subvert it too. It's it's yeah. it's an interesting watch. And like I said, I think if you've never seen it, maybe you missed Late Night Greenhouse uh, and you love slasher films, or maybe you're not even in St. Louis, I don't know. Um, but if you love slasher films, you do owe yourself to, to give this a watch. Try to watch it before summer's out. Jeremy, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me... Noticing Fisher Stevens' balls hanging out of his shorts on the raft scene. See, be thankful you didn't hear this podcast before you saw the movie. As a friend put it, it was before saw 2013. He's like, notice it. And I was like, when I went back, he goes, yeah, they're dangling. So 
Which scene is this? This I is don't the, think this I've is the this. rap scene. No, when he is in front and he's got his like right leg up, or it's <laughs> da- no, his left leg's up and his right leg's down, and they're oh wow, you remember this to a T. I watched this yesterday. <laughs> you can't. So I did too, but I didn't watch catch it that. On, watching it on well, he knew. I will though. say, watching it on the big screen versus on Shutter, yeah. Couldn't see it as well. But okay. All right. Hard to miss. Hard to miss on a yeah. uh, 80 I'm foot gonna, screen. I'm going to stand up and point at you when you can see his balls. What? Or <laughs> Should I, I bring a laser pointer? <laughs> oh, I think I might. Oh, I no. no. Okay. Don't well. interrupt. Well, if you see a laser pointer. Well, if you shit. saw. If you saw a, a laser, laser pointer. pointer. That was Jeremy. Good job. Er. Okay. Um, I'm on social medias. Cool. Yeah. We'll have all the know. links to everybody down I still below. I have an old uh, uh, Instagram name, Vaccinated at Camp Blood, because I can't think of anything better. Okay. And neither can anyone else. And Jay Bunsy on Twitter. Yes, and Letterboxd. And Letterboxd. And this. yeah, again, we'll have links. So if you're listening to this and you really want to follow us. Don't expect much. There is links in the show notes. Yana, where can people find you? On Twitter, Letterboxd. As Luna Maria 87 and then Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram. Cool. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd at Treefy, T R I E F Y. Find us as a collective DTB Horror on Twitter, Destroy the Brain on Instagram. And you can also just search for the term Destroy the Brain with an exclamation point on Facebook. Don't forget to sign up on our Discord server. It's free, y'all. Discord.destroythebrain.com. This month, actually, I think uh, if uh, my math's right, it's this week. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Brain Dead, which is the film with Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. The two bills you only need, other than dollar bills. Uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that. We have a Halloween decor channel in there where we're posting all the shit we're finding. Um, hopefully, like, I really want to get a spreadsheet together so we can all team up in the St. Louis area and be like, oh, you and want say this? where you got this? Yeah. There's cool stuff everywhere. Yeah. 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 More money. Than have somebody else make the spreadsheet. Yeah. No, you're no. busy. I'm busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we have Late Night Grindhouse in September. Um, horror trivia night in also October, late night and in also October. late night greenhouse. Yeah. You know what? You're just gonna have to follow us on those social medias, and uh, we'll let you know when shit's happening. Okay, y'all. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.